Well, good morning, uh, Riverview. Uh, I have a little bit of food for thought for you this morning that I want us to kind of chew on together. See what I did there? Food for thought, chew on together. Um, I know that might seem a little bit cheesy, maybe even a little bit corny, maybe even fruity for some of you out there. But I want us to have a little bit of uh, food for thought to stick into our melons this morning, okay? All right. I'm done with the whole smorgasbord of food talk. I think maybe, maybe, maybe we'll come back to it a little bit later. Um, but I do have a little bit of food for thought for us as we get started this morning. And here's the food for thought. What you think about matters, and it matters more than you think it matters. And I'm going to say that again. What you think about matters, and it matters more than you think that it matters. And what we think matters because our thoughts are tied to 100% of the things that we feel, and they're connected 100% to the way that we do the things that we do. See, I I don't think there's ever a time in our life when we were just mindlessly doing things. Like, we're not robots who just, like, kind of automatically do certain things. I know some of us have convinced ourselves that we've heard, you know, like, hey, that was an impulse kind of a thing. It it can only happen once, or, um, uh, like, I don't don't mean to do the thing that I'm doing. Like, some of it, like, we just kind of chalk it up as impulse, but I don't think that we ever do the things that we do just simply because we're kind of robotically doing them, right? I, I just don't. Our action is always driven by what starts right up here in our melons, Our actions are always driven by what's going on up here in our minds. Now, most of the time, though, uh, we just kind of go about day-to-day, moment-to-moment, just living, right? Just doing and living and being. And and we're never really thinking about why it is that we're doing the things that we're doing, never thinking about what we're doing and why we're doing what we're doing. But on some level, what we're doing is based on what we're thinking. And that thinking is based on maybe what we're believing. Does that make sense? Let me, let me try it maybe like this. If we want to know why we're feeling what we're feeling, if we want to know why we're doing what we're doing, if, if we want to know why we're saying the things that we're saying, if we want to know why we kind of spiral into the same areas over and over and over again in the same scenarios that, like we've said, I'm never going to do that again, or I'm never going to, I never want to feel that way again, or I'm never going back there again, or, and we just kind of, and we wonder why it is that we keep spiraling going back to these same things. I think all we have to do is kind of go back and look at what it is that we're thinking about. Think about the inputs that are coming into our lives, the inputs that we're allowing to come into our minds, the things that are actually driving our our thinking. I I want you to know as we're getting started here, uh, and and this may freak you out uh, a little bit if you're not already kind of aware of this, so if if you tend to freak out about things, I want you to go ahead and get your, your freak out meter ready, okay? And here it goes. Every single day of our lives, every single day that we wake up, every single moment of that day, There is a battle that's going on for your mind. And it's a battle between light and dark, right? A battle between good versus evil. A battle between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of this world. A battle between the king of the kingdom of heaven and the prince of darkness that is right now ruling over this world. And this may seem like somewhat of a this far stretch for you. But I want you to maybe stretch your mind into that place. But if you're a believer in Christ, meaning that you've trusted Jesus for your salvation, I want you to know that you have an enemy 
You have an enemy, and he sits in hiding, and he sits in waiting like a, a roaring lion, waiting to pounce and waiting to devour any chance that he gets. And he's not happy that you chose Jesus. He's not happy that you chose the life of Christ. He's not happy that you chose the life of Christ to be hidden and dwelling inside of you versus choosing Satan's death and destruction. And because of that, he goes hard after you. And one of the places he starts at is in your mind. Now, here's the truth that we need to know, though. In Christ, you belong to God. In Christ, you belong to him. You're in his family, and nothing can change that. Nothing will ever change that. It's written all throughout scriptures. Paul actually says in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, he says that there is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And, and so what that means is that we are completely secure in him, that there, that there is nobody that can come in and rip you out of the Father's hand. Jesus himself says in the Gospels, like there is nothing that can be done that could rip you out of the Father's hands. And I don't know if you needed to hear that this morning, but I mean, that is tight security. And there's nothing that can be done about what God has already done in you through Jesus. But it doesn't mean that the enemy likes it. Okay? It doesn't mean that the enemy is just going to kind of lay off and back off and, and just leave you alone now. It actually intensifies his attack at you. <laughs> so be encouraged this morning if you're a believer in Christ, right? You have an enemy that is waging war against you. But knowing that, knowing that he can't take away your salvation, he tries to go after the mind. And in the mind, he tries to take away the joy of that salvation. He tries to take away the peace that comes uh, along with that salvation, the peace that's available because of what Jesus has done in you. He is the Prince of Peace, and He is giving you peace in our lives through salvation. He goes after the security that we have of our salvation. He goes after the purity and the honor and the excellence of what it looks like to grow up into the salvation that we've been given, leaving us feeling tired, defeated, worthless, powerless, frustrated, and even as we've said over the past couple of weeks, maybe even feeling anxious and fearful from time to time. And so I, I want to say to you who, who, are, who are gathered around at home right now, if you've ever felt like this in your life, you need to know that you have an enemy that is fighting hard after you. He is fighting hard against you, and guess where it all starts? And it starts right up here in our minds. It, it starts in our thinking. It starts in the melon that's sitting up here on top of our shoulders, right? And so that's why we're saying this morning that what you think matters, and it matters maybe even way more than you think that it matters. Now, just in case you might have the idea that we're about to drop into a, a five ways to a better you, a five ways to better thinking, I, I want to relieve your mind that we're not getting into this Dr. Phil, feel good kind of a session, okay? We're, we're just not going to do this five steps to a better life, and you get to write down a few things and walk away with that. What we're talking about this morning is this complete rewiring and this retooling and this reworking of our minds that centers our mind and our heart, our hope, centers our whole life on the truth of who Christ is. And because of who He is, He reminds us of who we are in Him, in Christ. And that allows us to focus in on the truth that's going to guide 
the way that we look at the world around us. It's going to guide the way that we see how our thoughts are impacted, the, the way that we think about things, and, and, and why we do what it is that we do. Now, this might sound way overly dramatic, and sometimes I tend to be a bit overdramatic, but, but I, I, I'm going to say this anyway because I think that it's true, okay? There is nothing that's neutral for the life of the believer. Listen, listen to that again. There's nothing, 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 nothing that's neutral for believers in Christ. There, there is no neutral zone when it comes to the attack of the enemy. He will use anything and everything to go after your mind. There's no neutral zone. Uh, last night, um, we had a beautiful snowfall. I don't know why it had to show up in April, um, but it was just this magnificent, beautiful snowfall. And when I got home uh, from, uh, from, from here in, inside the building, from here from work, I, my kids, all they wanted to do is they, they wanted to have a snowball fight with Daddy, okay? And they had been working all day long building their little fortress and, and making sure that it was big enough and they could hide their snowballs and that they could be defended behind it. And, and so when I got home, they wanted to have a snowball fight. And so we'd go out there in the yard, and they've got their area and their fortress. And, and in front of that area, like, it was kind of like the neutral zone. And, and I had to be way over here on the side while they got to run in through the neutral zone. They got to do anything. But I couldn't go. I wasn't allowed to go into that marked-off neutral zone area. Okay? So I had to take my snowballs and lob them as far as I could to try to get them. And then they could come attack me anyway. Uh, that they wanted to. But me being the enemy in that time, like I was there to defeat them, I broke the rules and I ran through the neutral zone and I attacked them as best as I could, right? I, I, was, I was sweet to them. I didn't, I didn't hurt anybody. Uh, but I, I, I broke through the neutral zone. I broke the rules so that I could get after them. And I like to think that I won that battle because of the attack of going through their fortified area. I want you to listen to this. I tell you that to, to remind you of this. There are no neutral zones when it comes to the enemy. He'll break through the barrier that you've tried to put up. He, or he'll try to break through the barrier. He'll use anything and everything to get after our minds. Now, we look around the world that we have. Like, we have fantastic gadgets. We've got great technology. We've got great books. And we've got great media. We've, great, we've got great artistry and music all around us. And we've got great minds that have put all these fantastic things together for us. But, but for the believer, I want to remind you that there is nothing that's neutral for us. And what I mean by that is that every piece of input that is available to us, every piece of technology, every piece of artistry, everything that can be an input into my mind, this little melon that we have on our shoulders, it's vitally important, right? So, it, it, so when I see something or I hear something or I read something, it should make me pause long enough to think about what that input is that's going into my mind. And here's the reason why we pause and think about those inputs. Because if we're not evaluating and if we're not thinking about the things that are coming in, the enemy is certainly going to use that against us. He's certainly going to break that neutral zone. There's nothing neutral for those of us who are in Christ. And, and, and again, so you don't think that I'm just kind of uh, making all this stuff up and this doesn't turn into this self-help uh, and, and five ways to a better you. I, I, I want you to know that I'm not making this up because we find this idea of, of what we think matters more than what we think it may matter, that we find this idea coming straight out of Scripture. 
And specifically this morning, we find it in Philippians uh, chapter 4, and we're, we're going to look at a couple other passages that, that help to support that idea, um, but our main topic this morning is Philippians 4. If you've got kids in the room, go ahead, help them find Philippians 4, um, and I'm just praying. Like, we're looking at two verses this morning. We're looking at verse 8 and 9, and, and I think if we allow these to be, begin to penetrate um, the recesses of our mind, or if we allow them to begin to penetrate um, just any bit of our thinking, like the Lord could do some very fun, amazing, maybe even miraculous work for you and uh, in, in, in allowing it to break into the places that you thought were closed off, break into the places that you thought were broken, uh, that this might be a morning where there's a breakthrough uh, for you just in the, in the battle for your mind, okay? And so I'm actually, I'm going to pray for that right now. Uh, Lord Jesus, um, you, your word is true. Everything about your word is true. And your word has the ability to penetrate our hearts. Your word has the ability to penetrate our minds and fortify our minds in such a way that we lock in the goodness of the truth of your word and we fight actively against the attack of Satan that who would love to get into our mind and mess things up. And, and so uh, we're just going to pray this morning, God, that you uh, teach us through your word, you walk us through it, and allow us to see practically how we can apply this to our life. Holy Spirit, do your work as only you can do. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's uh, go ahead and read uh, verse 8 and 9 here in Philippians 4, okay? Paul says, uh, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. <clears throat> now, there are, are two things here that I, I, I want to draw our attention to, and so if you've got a pen, you've got a highlighter, I, I want you to go ahead and, and get that out. Uh, look at verse 8 here with me, okay? And I want you to highlight or circle these last words there in verse 8. Think about these things. Go ahead right now. Uh, underline it. Um, highlight it however you keep notes in your Bible or write it down on some paper, okay? Um, what Paul has done here is he's just given this uh, list of, of a bunch of goodness here. Now, we could take the time and we could try to parse all of these words out and, and, and just uh, get the intricacies of what he's saying in there. But I don't really think we need to parse these words out. Um, usually when Paul gives a list, he's giving, uh, it's not an all-inclusive list. It's like, here are a couple ideas and, and let these begin to penetrate. And there are things that are uh, around that in, in the sphere of influence of those words. And, and so I, I don't think he's given us a list of all of the good things that we could try to put into our minds. But I think this is what he's saying. He's saying, take a look around this world. Look at the goodness of God through all of this stuff. Put everything that you see, everything that you hear, everything that you read, look at it all with, with, with a thinking mind and filter it through the strainer or the colander or, or sift it through all of this truth, the truth of God and the truth of who He is. Let it sift down through that truth. And if it points you back to Jesus, right? If it points you back to His goodness, then you fill your minds with that. You feed and you feast on the goodness of the good things that God has given us if it points you back to Jesus. If not, then let it go. Let it be sifted out. Let it, be, let it, hit, the, let it hit the sink, right? Let it go through and be gone. Go through the garbage disposal. Like, get out of here. 
think on the goodness of God. Sift it through the truth. Paul says, think about these things. And the word he uses here for think, it's this uh, Greek word, logizestha, uh, which means to think deeply about or, or to carefully consider. Um, maybe even the idea of dwelling on, it's not to let just be a passing thought, but to let your mind chew on the goodness of this food, chew on this, meditate even on this. And, and I think we could even say it like this. Uh, we talked about this in our teaching team uh, this week. Uh, take time to actually think about the things that you're thinking about. Just take time to think about what goes into your mind. I think Paul has uh, an idea here of what he wants the Philippians to do. And I think if, we were, if Paul were here talking to us right now, if you were sitting in your living room or wherever you're sitting right now, and if, 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 you, were listen, if you were able to speak to us, here, here's what I think he would say. This is the what of what Paul is getting after. He would say, I want you to let your mind feed upon the things that are going to point you back to the goodness of God. Let your mind feed and feast on the things that are going to point you back to the goodness of God. That's what's happening in verse 8 here. Look at verse 9. I want you to highlight something here too, okay? Um, when uh, we, we would say um, that this is the why in verse 9 to Paul's what in verse 8, what he wants us to do. This is why he wants us to do it here in verse 9. I want you to underline these words. Practice these things. Go ahead and underline it, okay? Practice these things. If Paul's what is I want you to let your mind feast on the things that are going to point you back to the goodness of God. His why here in verse 9 is because he knows that, that what we spend our time swirling around into our minds, letting like, just like do laps around in our brain, it's eventually going to influence how we live. It's eventually going to begin to come out. So what we let swim around in our brain is eventually going to work its way out into how we live, into the way we think, into what we do. And in other words, what goes in and what we let stay in there is eventually going to come out. And just by personal experience, it's going to come out in the most, at the most inopportune times. Uh, just a, a story from way back. I could give you instances from more recent, but I feel a little safer giving you this one from when I was uh, like seven to eight uh, years old, something like that. Uh, we live next door <coughs> to um, uh, uh, this family, and one, it was one of my best friends at the time, and I loved hanging out with, with him, but this dude had a mouth like a sailor, okay? Um, if you're a sailor out there, sorry if that offends you, um, but this dude had a, had a terrible mouth, and there was just all kinds of profanity that would come out of that, and when I was with him, I began to pick up on that profanity. And so I started saying the things that he would say. I started kind of doing the things that he would do. And I actually enjoyed that. So when we were hanging out together, my mouth was filled with filth. But when I would go home, I would try to clean up my mouth. But inevitably, what goes in will eventually come out, right? And so one day, I had brushed my teeth and Apparently, I'd gotten something all over my shirt from, from the toothpaste, and I didn't know it, but I was walking down the hallway, and my mom saw me, and she's like, hey, Anthony, uh, what's that on your shirt? And I looked down, and, and, and here's the words that came out of my mouth, and I'm going to edit, right, because we got kids in the room. Um, I, I looked down, and I said, what the, is that? 
And then all of a sudden, I realized what had just come out of my mouth. I was like, oh no. I, my face, I'm sure, turned all kinds of different reds. It went from feeling like about 98.6 to feeling around 107.9. It had to, like my temperature had to have gone up. And she looked at me like, what did you say? And I was like, uh, nothing, I didn't say anything. And she's like, yeah, that's what I, I thought you said. Now, I, I grew up in the 80s, okay? And, and so in the 80s, um, soap was a deal. And so I got to spend the rest of the afternoon, I think, with soap just percolating there in my mouth. But guys, what goes in is eventually going to come out of us. And if you don't think that's true, take a, take a second to think about uh, what most commonly occupies your mind. Uh, if your mind is like, like, like actually do this exercise right now, okay? Think about the things that you think about or try to think about the things that go on in your mind. The, the, the thing that's captivating your mind more than anything else. Like throughout the day, you got a lot of different thoughts, but this is the one that just like, man, I just, I dwell on this, I dwell on this, I think about this. It excites me or it terrifies me one way or the other. What, what's, what's the thought there? And I, if your thought is always about money, you're going to read books about money. You're going to read blogs about money. Um, your, your emotions are going to be high when you have money. They're going to be low when you don't have money. It's just going to affect the things that you do or don't do if your mind's always sitting on money, okay? If your mind is always centered on something bad happening to you or something bad happening to your kids, you're, you're going you're to read about safety. You're going to read blogs about how do you protect your kids. You're going to read about what's hot and what's not, about you know, uh, um, people trying to get after your kids. You're going uh, to uh, read about security security cameras. You're going to put security cameras in places. Um, you're going to take taekwondo classes uh, so that you can whoop anybody who messes with you or you can whoop anybody who messes with your kids, right? Like, like what goes into the mind comes out into our actions. If your mind's always on, man, these are my past mistakes and I just can't get over them. You just over and over and over. It just running laps in your mind. If your mind just runs laps around the lies that Satan tries to put into your mind, these attacks that he has, it's going to be hard for you to get up in the morning. It's going to be hard for you to get up and tackle a day believing that, that God loves you, that God's for you, that you are fully approved in him, that there's nothing that you have to do to earn his love. If your mind is always focused on the past mistakes, it's going to impact the way that you live and the way that you feel. It, it, it just is, right? What we allow into our mind is going to influence the things that we do. And so what Paul says here, <clears throat> he says, think about these things. Dwell on these things. Let them percolate inside. Think about the things that are true and honorable and just and pure and lovely, commendable, things that are excellent, things that are worthy of praise. Feast your mind on this. Let your soul be nourished by these things. Don't feed the fear. Don't feed the lies. Let your mind be nourished on the goodness of God. But again, there is a battle that is going on for your mind. Satan is actively working to make sure that your mind isn't set on these things that Paul has set us to, told us to set our minds on. He's actively working against you thinking about the goodness of God and things that point you back to the goodness of God. Jesus says himself in John 8, verse 44, he says, he, referring to Satan or the devil here, <clears throat> he says, he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth 
because there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he's a liar and the father of lies. What Jesus was saying was that Satan is a liar. There is zero truth in him. What he says is always, <clears throat> even, if there's a, even if there's a hint at truth, he's a liar. Everything that he's going to say results in a lie. And he's been a liar from the very beginning. And he's been infecting the mind of people in the world from the very beginning. And here's how the battle for your mind works. He would love for you to believe the worst about God. He would love for you to believe the worst about the world. He would love for you to believe the worst about yourself and to fill your mind with just the infection of all kinds of negative thoughts. He, he would love for you to think that you're a failure. He, he would love for you to think that, like, that you hold yourself in God's hands. And so if something goes wrong, if you make a mistake, then because you're holding yourself in God's hands, then you're kind of out of the picture. He would love for you to believe that that's what security looks like, but it's not, right? But he would love, and if he, if he can get you to believe one of his lies, right, he's getting into your mind. Now, Satan doesn't have to get you to believe every single one of his lies. Like, that would be foolish. Like, it would be very easy to pick out, like, you're trying to get my mind. But if he can get you to believe one, just one of those lies, if he can get you to believe one, the infection of that viral lie begins to seep down into our mind and has the power to wreak havoc, creating fear, anxiety, a lack of peace, a lack of joy, and that infection in the mind begins to impact the way that we think, and that thinking begins to impact the way that we live, so much so to the point where we miss out on the joy of our salvation. We miss out on the freedom and the grace of walking with Jesus. Because I, I think that's, what st that's what's at stake here. It's not our salvation that's at stake, because if you're in Christ, you're secure in Him as a believer. I think what's at stake here is not our salvation, but enjoying the connection and the intimacy that we can have with God, letting Him fill up our minds with goodness so much so that we grow up into the salvation that He's given us. What's at stake isn't salvation. What's at stake is, is this joy that Paul has been trying to put up, point us to, this joy that the Lord wants to drop into our eyes, this peace that He wants to give us. That's what's at stake here. And so I want to encourage you this morning that we don't have to let Satan's viral lies just like totally infect our minds. Like he's going to try, but we don't have to let him do that. Paul, he's given us the remedy here. He, he gives us this, this vaccination, you might say, against Satan's viral lies that are trying to infect our minds. He, he tells us here to think about it. Mull on this. Feast on this. Fill your mind with whatever is true whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there's anything that's excellent, if there's anything that's worthy of praise, anything that points us back to the goodness of who God is through Jesus, think about these things. And so what I want you to do right now is I want you to get ready to hit pause with your group that you're with, or um, just to, if you're by yourself, to just take this time and spend it with the Lord. And, and, and I want you to answer this question. What are the things that we can feed our mind on that point us to the goodness of God? 
What are the things that we can feed our mind on that point us to the goodness of God? For you, maybe that's the Bible. Maybe that's getting into God's word. It should be a part of it, right? It's locking that truth in. That's what we said as a church, guys, at Riverview. We want to lock this truth in. We want to have God's truth over our opinion, God's truth over any other thing that might want to try to infil, uh, the, in, uh, infiltrate our minds, right? So maybe for you it's the Bible, spending time in prayer. We want to be people of prayer. Maybe it's for you like getting around people who help you expose the lies. When you speak it, it's out, and they're like, hey, man, that's a lie, and, and, and they're in your world. And so maybe it's for you like getting around the, the right people, seeing the good things that God has given around you. I want you to go ahead and pause, answer the question, what are the things that we can feed our mind on that point us to the goodness of God? And we'll see you back here in just a few minutes, okay? All right, welcome back. Uh, I hope that went well for, for you and well for the, the people that you are with. Uh, as we look at this passage here in Philippians 4, 8, and 9, we, we can't forget that Paul's the guy who was once full of all kinds of hatred, full of all kinds of bitterness, and he wanted to do away with uh, the followers of Jesus. Um, he wanted to do away um, with the church. He wanted to kill followers of Jesus. He wanted to stop the church before it ever really got uh, down the runway and up in the air, right? But in an instant, his whole life was flipped upside down, even all the way down to the way that he thinks. Remember, Paul's the guy who's already said in Philippians, right? Uh, he, he has said, everything that I once held dear, I count it all as loss for the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus. Paul's the one who has said right here in the book of Philippians, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul's way of thinking has drastically changed since God has come into his life, right? And that didn't just happen. This is, this is a guy who says in Romans chapter 12, too, that this is a process. Verse 12, he says, <clears throat> or chapter 12, verse 2, he says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, by the renewal of what's going on up here in this melon, right? Be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. What he's saying here is that it's possible for us to have a renewed mind. It doesn't just happen overnight, and it doesn't just accidentally happen, but it's possible for us to have a renewed mind. And, and somebody who's watching right now, you, you might say, man, it's impossible for anybody to ever think differently. What you think is the way that you think. It's just part of who, who you are. Or you've said, man, I've tried. I've tried to think differently. I've written things down. I've journaled. I've prayed through things. I've, you fill in the blank. I've tried everything. If you can try it, I've tried it. And my mind still goes back to the same old things. Paul, I think, is saying here is that it is possible for us to think differently. He's saying it's possible to allow your thinking to be renewed, to be changed. But for our minds to be renewed, it doesn't just happen. It takes some work. And so Paul also is the guy who says in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, he says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive 
to obey Christ. I love that image of you like, man, I'm thinking that thought, and I just, you know what, I'm, I'm grabbing that thing, and I'm pulling it back, and I'm making that thought obedient. I'm taking it captive and making it obedient to Christ. And what he's saying is that we have power over our thoughts. It's not the, it's, it's not the, the uh, verse. It's not that our thoughts have power over us. We actually have power over our thoughts. I know somebody who's watching right now, you may be saying, man, I, I don't really have power over my thoughts. There's a, a chemical imbalance that I'm working out with, with, with counseling, and, I, and I'm, I'm working out with medicine. And, and I would say to you, praise God, um, let, let's let that medicine work, um, but let's not give up hope that the Lord is working, that He has the power to renew your mind, that He's at work here. And I think what Paul is, is letting us know is that we can renew our thinking. We have power over our thoughts. Our thoughts don't have power over us in general, right? But I, I think there's some work on our, on our end. We have to jump into this battle that's going on for our minds. I don't think we can just sit passively back and pretend like Satan isn't going hard after our minds. I don't think that we can sit back and just look at our world and just feel like, man, everything's neutral, or most things that I'm letting in, it's just neutral. I think we have to engage in this battle, understanding that Satan is going after your mind and that the Lord has given us a remedy through looking at what is good, thinking about what is good, reading what is good, watching what is good, like, like just all this. Like God has given us a remedy to this in chapter 4, verse 8 and 9 in Philippians. We have to actively fill our minds with the things that point us back to the goodness of God. I think the battle for our mind and the battle for the joy of our salvation and growing up into that salvation is at stake here. Um, I, I want to just kind of take a, a, a side uh, note here. Um, there's a gal by uh, the name of Jenny Allen um, who wrote a book uh, recently, and it was called, uh, it's called Get Out of My Head. It's a fantastic book. If you're looking for something to read while you're in quarantine, I would highly recommend this book. Um, if you uh, want to go through a study on it on right now, this study is also available on, on right now. And a little bit of what I'm getting ready to say um, comes from her book and comes from uh, that study. Uh, she's gone into uh, a bit of the science of our brains in, in that book and how our, every single one of our thoughts impact our, our brain. Now, I, I don't... Um, believe that I'm a, a brain scientist, I don't, or I don't even know if that's a thing, right? Uh, I, don't, I don't know much about the brain, and so I um, defer to people who do, and uh, this, this is what she has to say uh, amongst how our thoughts impact our brains. She says, every thought in our brain matters, okay? Every thought. There are 86 billion nerve cells, which are called neurons that are, that are in our brain. That's way too much for us to see just kind of with the naked eye. Um, but those neurons, they mean everything to how we kind of process life, right? Because inside of those neurons are these little things called microtubules. They are uh, the brains of the cell. And, and those microtubules are constantly building things in our brain, taking things down in our brain, rebuilding, taking apart, rebuilding, and taking apart, and building these little cities that are built up in our brain around every single thought that we think. And so with each thought that we think, those microtubules work hard to build this, this framework and this structure around the thought that we think. 
And that framework that's being built up, it gives the physical structure to that whole nerve cell. So in uh, a sense, our thoughts are literally, every single one of our thoughts are literally altering our brain. Now, here's an amazing thing. Guess how long it takes for that microtubule to give structure to the whole cell? How, how long would you guess? One second, two seconds, 20 minutes, an hour, a day? It takes 10 minutes from creation of a thought to the structure that forms around that thought. 10 minutes. And the more time we spend thinking on that same thought, the bigger that little city begins to get built up in our mind. And so for us, some of our thinking, man, like we've built up like Rome inside of our mind just by the things that we're dwelling on, whether it's good things or bad things. Like we've got these huge cities that have created structure in our mind that impact the way that we feel and the things that we do, right? And so now think about this. When we dwell on the lies of Satan or we dwell on things that don't really matter, the impure things, the unlovely things, the things that draw, like the things that we see, Guys, women who are in the room, the things that you see, the things that you watch, the things that you look at when nobody else is looking, the things that you listen to when, when nobody else is around, or the things that we're allowing into our mind, when we're filling our minds with those things, we're, we're building these cities around those thoughts, those images, those words that make it hard for us to see and believe that anything else could be possible. Make it hard for us to believe or, or see that, that, any, that there's anything good that's around us, causing us not to see the goodness of God that points us back to Jesus. But on the other side of that coin, if we dwell and we, and we think carefully about the things that point us back to God, we build these little cities then that get fortified by the goodness of, of God. Now think about this. If, if we can start building those little cities in just 10 minutes in our brain, right? 10 minutes, here's the negative side of things. It doesn't take us very long to wreak havoc in our brains, does it? It doesn't take us very long to wreck the whole brain by dwelling on these certain negative thoughts that are filtering in, that are infecting our mind, or lies that are coming in from Satan. It just doesn't take us very long to wreck the whole system. But on the positive side of things, if we've made a pattern in our lives of listening to the lies, if we've made a pattern in our minds and in our lives of letting these little cities get built up in our minds around all of these lies, I want you to know that we're only 10 minutes away from the whole structure being torn down. <laughs> we're only 10 minutes away from God filling our minds with the things that Paul's talking about here in verses 8 and 9 of Philippians chapter 4. We're only 10 minutes away from the, the whole thing being torn down and we start building the city that is seeing, letting us see the goodness of God and pointing us back to Jesus. And that's encouraging for me. That's exciting for me. It made me think about us as a church this week, you know, whether we're gathered in this room or whether we're sitting at home. I was envisioning us this week just kind of starting to get alone with the Lord, 
dwelling on the things that bring glory to Him, letting our minds center in on the things that are, that are good, that are pure, are holy, that are excellent. And, and, and God beginning to build up these little cities and little fortresses in our minds where, like, I just saw, like, these little cities and uh, kind of like palaces and, and, and little moats going around the, the palace and these big tall walls that are getting built up and we've got warriors that are sitting on top of those walls and they're drawing back their bows for any time Satan wants to get close with one of his lies or any one, one of these impure thoughts begin to come like we're just sitting up there and, and these little cities are built and, 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 and these things are getting fired like no not today Satan right you're not getting in today there is nothing that is neutral for us and so I just see us kind of like taking captive our thoughts that Paul tells us Every one of our thoughts that can, that can run in a thousand different directions, we are taking those thoughts captive and we're making them obedient to Christ, that we are thinking about what's good, lovely, pure, excellent, things that are worthy of praise. These are the things I just see us fixing our mind on while we're sitting at home in quarantine, at work, wondering when everybody else is going to be coming back to work, that our minds are being filled and being pointed back to the goodness of God. But this doesn't just happen, right? We, we know that there are things that we work through that make it difficult for our, our minds to change, make it difficult for us to think differently. We've all made promises, right? I'm not going to do that thing again. I'm not going to say that thing again. I'm not going to go that place again. And then for whatever reason, we end up back in that same thing, or we end up saying the same thing. So this isn't easy, necessarily easy. So if the, anything's going to change, Guys, we have to actively join in the fight for our minds. We have to act like there is a battle that is waging for our minds. And we have to wage war against Satan. And we have to fight for our minds. We have to believe that nothing is neutral. We have to go out and be like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to investigate. I'm going to think about what I'm thinking. I'm going to believe that, that, that what I think about matters, and it matters more than what I think it matters. And everything is the potential to build up the city in our mind for the goodness of God. And we have to go along with Paul in 2 Corinthians 10 to 5 and say, you know what? I'm going to take every thought captive. Every thought captive. I'm going to make it obedient to Christ. I, I want you to grab a piece of paper. If you've got a piece of paper sitting by, grab a pen and maybe a marker or, or something. And I want you to write down a few questions here. I, I want you to write these down, and you can think about these now. You can think about these through the week, but I do want you to be thinking about these. First of all, how am I actively going to battle in the, the war for my mind? How am I actively going to engage in this? Am I really even going to think about what I'm thinking about? But first of all, what are your inputs? I, I want you to write down that question. What are my inputs? And then throughout the week, I want you to think about what are the inputs that are coming in? What are the thoughts that we're allowing into our mind? What are, what are you reading? What are you reading? What are you listening to? What are the voices that are coming in? Nothing's neutral. Nothing's neutral. And, and the last thing right now is, what are you watching? <laughs> I mean, we have a ton of time right now. Netflix is through the roof amongst users all around the world. If you follow the whole stock world, Netflix stock is higher than it's ever been right now, right? 
people are watching things on Disney Plus is through the roof. People are on Disney. People are watching things all over the place. And, and I was convicted this week. And I, I would say convinced because um, conviction goes with um, lies of Satan. Convincing of the truth comes along with the Holy Spirit. I was convinced this week um, that I was, I was spending um, uh, way too much time just watching, brainlessly watching things and not even enough time with the Lord. And uh, this wasn't a earning approval kind of a thing. This is just quantitatively, I was looking at the gift of time that God has given us. And, and I was like, man, if I were just to see, like, where's my heart right now? Like, man, I'm just sitting over here. If this is Netflix and this is my time with the Lord, quantitatively, like Netflix is, is winning the day and I just wasn't okay with that. It doesn't mean that I haven't been studying. It doesn't mean that I haven't been reading. I'm just saying if I were to put the two beside one another, like there's more going into my mind that is brainless than intentional fighting for my mind with the Lord. And uh, this week it actually came out in the how I'm parenting my kids. Um, so uh, I, I like to relive like some of the old things. Um, like we've been doing TGIF in our house, like going back to the old TGIF movies on Fridays. And we've just kind of been doing that where um, uh, we'll do it this week. We'll probably do it until we all get tired of it. But I just kind of go back and I kind of relive a little bit. Um, but we have Disney Plus on our television right now. And uh, we were, uh, I wanted to watch Cool Runnings. I don't know if you've watched Cool Runnings or not, but it's hilarious. I loved it when I was a kid. Haven't really seen it since I was a kid, but I just remembered it was just so funny. And so I was like, okay, kids, let's, let's watch this. And so we started watching it. And we have a, a thing that we do in our house. If, you know, we kind of have like a three-strike policy. If there are, uh, you know, a couple bad things that are in the movie, like, okay, we're done, we're out. We're, we're just not happening when we're watching with our kids. And uh, I just, for whatever reason, I just kind of set that aside uh, because I wanted to relive this. And uh, so we're sitting there with the kids and we're watching and they're just busting out. They're laughing in the, uh, in the appropriate places to laugh. And I was laughing too. And I was laughing at them, getting joy out of hearing their laugh. Uh, but there were some things in there, just some words that didn't need to be repeated. There were some ideas that were in there that didn't need to be repeated. And, uh, and so just last night, uh, we were sitting in our, uh, sitting in our, um, our kitchen and uh, uh, I don't remember what, how this came up, but Anderson started talking about a, a, a bar room brawl. And, and Ashley just kind of looked at him and she's like, how do you know about a bar room brawl? He's like, I, I saw it in Cool Runnings. And I was like, oh no. And then he, started, he proceeded to, to, to tell a scene and I'm looking at him like, Anderson, cut it off, man. Like you're in trouble, I'm in trouble. All of us are gonna get in trouble. And, and, but in, in, in that moment, I was just like, oh man. Like, we just have to be so vigilant on the things that we're letting in. And every one of you, you're going to have the standard for which it is. But I think that we all go back to Philippians 8 and 9. What's honorable? What's true? What's excellent? What's praiseworthy? Let's think about these things. Let's just don't think about it. Let's begin to put those things into practice as well. Let me pray for you and just take this as a reminder. What we think about matters, maybe even more than we think it matters. Father, thank you so much for our time. Thank you for Riverview Community Church. Thank you for Riverview Community Church not being a building, but it's the people that are gathered. It's the people that are around Ashland and are around the surrounding towns and are, that are even watching from all over the place. Like, God, this morning, I, I just want to say thank you. You're doing a work that we can't see but I want to ask that you would actively help us fight the battle for our minds by practicing the truth that we know and filling our minds with even more truth. 
filling our minds with your word, filling our minds with prayer, filling our minds with your people, getting around people who can help expose the lies. Father, do that work in us, I pray. We can't do this in and of ourselves. You've done the, you've done the, the justificating work inside of us. You've made us yours, and you've given us your spirit to help in this sanctification process. Let us follow you there. Let us follow you to life. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.